0: Hello and welcome to Customer Experience Leaders Chat by NiceReply, where we talk to support professionals from all over the world and discuss what's behind their team's success. This interview is brought to you by Nice Reply, an all-in-one customer satisfaction tool that helps you measure and improve the quality of your customer service. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on a future episode, please reach out to us at podcast at NiceReply.com. My name is Craig Stoss and I'm here today with Brian Mantenga, Senior Manager of Customer Experience at Fix Software. Brian, thanks for being here. It's good to be here. Brian, today we're gonna to chat a little bit about embedding support within an organization. It's something that I uh, really believe in and it's something that you and I have talked at length about how important it is for support to have hooks into all the different functions in the organization. And I'd love to hear more about how, uh, how you do that at FIX. So let's start off with, uh, you know, why is it important and, and, and how does it work at FIX?
1: Wonderful. Yes, yeah, so the question is uh how do I do it at fix? How do I think about embedding support at fixed? I think about it constantly. Uh that's mostly because if we think about most companies and where support sits in the terms of in, in terms of its importance to the overall standing of the company or to the overall strategy of the company, it is an important piece of the company's success, but it is more an invisible piece of the success of the company. Especially in SaaS, you know, we're looking at all the usual SaaS KPIs, we're looking at the ARR, we're looking at all these different pieces of which the support role and KPIs do not necessarily um, take precedence. So on many levels, it's important for me to kind of figure out our importance, and I'm slightly biased, but I think support is very much like the canary in the coal mine. We are the ones that tell you, after the client has signed the dotted line, how things are actually going. Because once people start to use the product or service that, we, that they've bought, they talk to support almost more than anyone else. They may consume our help center articles, they may talk to their rep, but when they use their system and they run into any issues, it's support that that really gets to hear their concerns. And it's mostly the concerns that will help drive the success um, or get in the way of the success for the client for sale.
0: And so as the canary in the coal mine, I completely agree here that, you know, we have more information within a support context uh, than than most departments. So how is that information gathered, consolidated and used in order to, to make sure that we act as a responsible member being that canary? Absolutely. I think
1: one thing that tends to get lost is functional groups or functional teams can forget that everyone is trying to be successful. And by everyone, I mean you know support is, look, is looking at being successful on their given metrics, but so is success, so is sales, and so is the product organization. We're all part and parcel of our overall success for the company. So when I when I joined Fix very early on, I was trying to figure out how I can get those insights from our clients to make a functional, tangible difference in what we build and what we do next for the client. Because you cannot call yourself user centric without thinking and listening to what the users are saying. So early on, that meant for me as a, as a support person and eventually a support leader. I had to go and try to figure out what success was for the other parts of the company. Meaning, I had to go and teach myself what success look like for the product organization. I cannot help them be successful if I don't understand what success is for them. So I would go to the product meetings, I would go and sit in, in the different sprint, meet- sprint meetings, I would go and sit in to the planning meetings and try to understand what they're trying to do and try to understand how I can help our client without getting in the way of existing processes. So I can go to the product organization and say, I know you have 20 points on your sprints to use. Um, is there any chance I can take two or three? Because if we're able to help the client here, I've got the metrics on my side to let you know that that will be appreciated and will lead us to building some improvement that will directly impact how our clients are going to uh, use us so uh, that was actually quite interesting because i did it as an experiment and i've been doing it ever since so in essence it became important for me to to bundle the insights on the support side to begin to gather the side, to begin to gather the conversational data to try and make that those data points become information packets that i can then share with the different leaders to help drive the conversation about how to make our clients uh, more successful.
0: The concept of information packets, I, I think that's really cool. Um, the, the idea of, of packaging up in a way that's, that's meaningful to the function that you're, you're reaching out to. Um, you know, you mentioned CSET in, in that, that statement as well. And I'm, I'm curious, is there, is there something you're doing specifically to gather this, or is it more of a, an organic uh, type of feedback where you're you're trending using your, your ticket management tool, or, or are you doing surveys, or how are you getting this feedback and and, and building that packet?
1: Absolutely. Uh, anyone who knows me and has worked with me knows how much I love data-driven decisions. So very early on, it was about trying to figure out the different data points that we work with, or which CSAT is one. So the CSAT one, as we all know, essentially is asking that question uh, as to how that service went, right? So... That's 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 one data point. But beyond that, I wanted to capture the the conversational data. So that meant looking for different tools and processes that allowed me to gather what our clients are actually saying and using uh, natural language processing to try and find trends without having to read and do it all manually, which I did for a time. But uh, eventually, what I ended up doing was just sitting in there, getting the right tools to do the natural language processing that allowed me to look at the trends over time about what our clients are talking about, looking at the trends and what they are saying, and then figuring out what I can do with that data to share with the different teams. When I say different teams, it goes beyond me talking to the product team. It also goes to me talking to the success team and seeing and helping them gauge the temperature of the conversations of any given companies, or to the sales team to go, I know we tell our clients this, but this is how they're receiving it. So there's a disconnect there. So maybe we we can go in and change, uh, you know, some of the scripts or some of what we tell our clients, so that the promise and the and the and the actual product actually matches.
0: Yeah, what you just described is incredibly powerful, right? And 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 I think that. This goes back to the, the core of this topic is, is embedding within the entire organization. The product example is always the first one in the software world, but but it, it does help for support to have the ears of sales, the ears of success. Um, you know, coming back to the success, customer success team specific example, you know, something that that I've observed recently is a real kind of segmentation of of the, the users or the customers by, for example, um, size or by industry or, or by some other split that allows you to say, listen, our highest paying customers are upset about this, but our lowest paying customers are upset about, you know, something else, or, or, you know, maybe it's people in this industry love this area of the product, but it doesn't work so well in this industry. Um, those are insights that absolutely can help, you know, other, other departments and success and onboarding and other places build better content. Do you feel that that's useful? Do you, do you do something like that within the fixed environment? We do. I mean, Data segmentation is
1: very important, so you have a good idea of who's saying what and when. Do I think it's key? I would personally believe not, because I think every time someone tries to use our services and has either a positive or negative experience, those are important data points, regardless of whether they are a lowest-paying client or highest-paying client. A data point is a data point. So you may have an enterprise-level client who doesn't say anything but the same issues are going to be raised by uh, your lowest paying client and they're still going to be real regardless of who's saying so this it still matters does it matter that we know who's saying what and when absolutely but I think every touch point matters you know I think every time someone takes the time to tell you that they either loved it or didn't love it or feeling meh those are important things to know so while I do uh, I do capture those those data points, I like to capture it all, because ultimately, every chance someone reaches out, we should be reaching back. right It should be a conversation that allows us to lead, to lead someone on a success journey, right. Um, and I think beyond before all of this, right? if we had to take it back a few steps, the one of the most important things that over time, I learned for me was very important, is making sure you had the right data. Because sometimes we have a lot of daily da- dirty data or a lot of data that you can run assumptions on and that's not based on uh, good data science. So data hygiene at the very bottom is something that should always be key. I can have I can ask a survey and I only get four responses and if they're all positive, I can say it's 100% success but it's only four so educating myself on the data science educating myself on survey educating myself on, on 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 data was very important um and so i would always recommend that if anyone's looking at at taking this on at their own uh, at their own companies always make sure that your data is as clean as can be there's no such thing as totally clean data but the data hygiene allows you to make better decisions because nothing's as terrible as telling a different team that 80% of our clients believe this and that 80% is five people out of 30,000 it's it doesn't make sense so we need to be honest about about the kind of data that uh, that we have, and let it tell real stories, not the stories that that sound good as a soundbite for your next meeting, but the stories that are actually going to drive success for our clients and ultimately for our companies.
0: yeah, what an insightful point i I, I feel like that's a, a big deal when we talk about survey specifically is is who's responding, um you know what percentage of people are responding what is the what is even the the superset of people that we are? asking, you know, if we ask the man, uh, only managers or only the buyer of the software versus the people who use it, are, are, are the d- answer is going to be different. And I think that that's something that that uh, data scientists probably could talk a lot about on the data point. I'm actually curious, um, do you do this as a support leader or do you have data analysts that report into your support organization or is this outside of support? Is this data analytics happening in, in a different department? Sure. Um,
1: I... In the beginning, it was in the support organization, but because of the of its importance, I was able to hire uh, people who were more focused on this, and then it became a larger component under the under the revenue department as well. Um, so, the success of the programs that I put in helped build the story for the next ask. Right. So it's it's very it's very hard at the beginning to go. We need data analysts, and it's like what for. But because I was able to then pinpoint the data stories we were able to pull that led to successful outcomes, that was the bedrock to then building the, the data structures that we have right now, right? So, so, yes, in the beginning, it was a lot of, uh, of Brian time, a lot of time looking at all, all the data points, trying to make them make sense. But uh, I was very lucky to have very engaged partnerships with the different leaders especially my product leaders that continued to this day. So in the beginning, that meant I was the meetings. And over time, that meant I was creating um, a meeting to the head of product with the insights that we were getting on the support side and then expanding that beyond just support to the other aspects that our clients are touching as well to begin to have build a dashboard that allows them to understand different pieces and even making sure that all the product managers know exactly who I am. Because I'm able to go and say, that thing you're building, I can give you insights. I can give you an idea of what people are actually saying about it. I can give you an idea about historically what was being said before. So we can then track together what, are we, what does it look like? What does it sound like? What is the sentiment uh, like post the improvements you've put in? Is it moving the needle or not? Yeah.
0: No, that's, that's really good. And it leads really well into the question I wanted to ask you is, how do you get buy-in for something like this? Like, how, how do you make this happen? If, if this hasn't existed, I know you've been at Fix a long time. So you, were, you kind of grew up with the whole team as it expanded. Um, but, but if you're having a company that doesn't do that, if uh, you know, one of our listeners needs to ask for this and, and get people to sign off on it, what are the key things to highlight?
1: The key one for me is, Understand what success looks like for your other workmates and then try to find a hook that way. So if you want to get buy-in, it needs to be buy-in that leads to successful outcomes for everyone. If your success team is chasing a certain goal this quarter, find out what that goal is. So that is their strategy. Their strategy is to reach a certain goal. What can you do to help them reach that? If, for instance, they're chasing a number, and you can identify that the people that are making the decisions that will help that number are saying these things, which means a phone call or two to these specific people might lead to a better outcome. That's a chance for a win. If it's your product team who are building something or trying to, uh, on the you know they they got their product map and they got a product coming out in Q three, and you know how people are set what people are saying now about that product then you can go in and go, okay, it's Q1. I can give you exactly who to talk to for for beta testing. I can give you an idea of who to to chat with about UI improvements. I can identify those people and the sentiment currently that might help you be successful then. Because success is a multi-departmental
0: activity, right? I mean, that's a wonderful sentiment. Success is a multi-departmental activity. I think that too many companies maybe don't recognize that they think of success as revenue or, or something that's very number-based and potentially only one function that impacts that. My last question is: You talked a lot about your understanding of other departments. What about the other way? How does how do product and success and sales feed information into you so that you have this kind of circular? Um, feedback loop that, that, you know, again, leads to support being more successful. Is that something that, that you feel is part of this type of program? Absolutely.
1: I, I, I like connected systems. So, over time, that has meant that the home for support should reflect all the different stories that are being told. You know, that means my, my primary support tool should have a view to the other pieces of the company, meaning if you use Zendesk, for instance, can you see uh, something in, within the Zendesk environment that shows you what your product team are doing or saying? Same thing. Is it connected to your CRM? Is it connected to? And you know, how quickly can you get to someone uh, in a different department? So that data then helps you just uh, talk to that client. So when a client picks up uh, a, a phone or emails you. Do you know who they are? Do you know what they want? Do you know what has gone on before? And that is a process, of course. Getting the data and getting that 360-degree view of the client is a process, but the support is also a part of that process. It doesn't work for me, I think, uh, without the support uh, lens as well.
0: Brian, this was incredibly insightful. What a, a great program. I think something that can be adopted across any industry, any type of product. Um, as you know, I'm a huge believer in data and feedback, and, and it sounds like you've done a fantastic job where you are today. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for yours, and we have to get that beer very, very soon. Yeah, excellent. And thank you all for listening to Customer Experience Leaders Chat by Nice Reply with today's guest, Brian Manthinga from Fix Software. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please leave a rating or share it with others. And always make sure to check out our other support interviews and more quality content at NiceReply.com.